0: That's great. Over the next few weeks, the Blues notched 11 straight wins, the longest winning streak in team history, and soon earned a place in the playoffs. In the first round, you took on the Winnipeg Jets, moments away from overtime in Game 5. The Blues' left wing, Jaden Schwartz, scored the winning goal in the last 15 seconds of regulation, and everybody else just took a deep breath and said, that was close. Where's Jason? 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 Jaden, come here, say a few words. Jaden, oh. what do I like best about being in the NHL? Probably always wearing a backward snapback and being soaking wet. To wheel, a gotta feel... While looking for interesting things for the show, for the first time I thought to check Tumblr. Now, this is not generally the sort of place you think of for sports news or uh, anything sports related. Really, really, you just think about how it failed massively once they took the porn away. But within five minutes, maybe, of uh, searching on Tumblr, uh, immediately after I created an account so I could keep scrolling through Tyler Sagan GIFs, I found some Matthew Barzal erotic fiction. So this is some erotic fiction that is inspired by Barzal talking about how he went to go live with Dennis Seidenberg and he's living in his basement. And someone wrote a story where, by the way, they changed the name of uh, Dennis Seidenberg's kids. So, you know, so they're protected, even though you could easily uh, Google him and see the names of his children listed in the sidebar of Google on his Wikipedia. But this puts some distance between the actual children and the erotic fanfiction children. So they're not directly involved, although it's not that kind of story. So without further ado, I present to you NYC. Matthew Barzal Nannying the Seinbergs for a little over a year now, my parents lived in the house next door while I went to a university in the city, living in an apartment close to campus. Dennis and Rebecca figured since I was a familiar face to the kids, with always being invited to small holiday get-together parties my parents would hold, that I would be the best option to take care of them. That way Rebecca could go on road trips or have fun with the other wags without worrying about the kids. I got along with the three kids very well. After being with them for over a year, they feel like my own siblings. The boy, Dakota, was the youngest, and he always loved to play street hockey with me in the driveway. The girls would play along as well, but he'd be the first to ask. The two girls, Natalie and Marissa, always brought back memories of my old dancing days, wanting to stay downstairs and do gymnastics or make up dance routines until they couldn't stand anymore. As you can see, the kids kept me very busy and active. Normally, I would only nanny on weeks when Dennis went on road trips and Rebecca wanted to join. On random nights, the wags decided to hang out. However, over the summer, I found myself at the house quite often, sometimes only because the kids just wanted to hang out and play. The summer was coming to an end, and the hockey season was about to pick up once again. College was unfortunately beginning to get rough, as it was now my senior year, but the kids always knew how to get my, uh, ease my stress and bring the child out of me, which is why I enjoy being with them so much. Tonight, Dennis and Rebecca had gone out to attend the season kickoff dinner. They requested that I sleep over their house as they plan to be not coming home until after midnight. They had a guest room on the upper level that I usually sleep in during road trip weeks. The room is comfortable. I love it. They even allow me to customize it with accents on the walls and pictures that the kids draw of me. After a couple hours of driveway street hockey, once the sun started setting, I then settled on the basement couch with the kids, popping in a Disney movie. The time was inching close to midnight, but we all ignored it. The girls laid on either side of me, with their arms around their shoulders, with their uh, across, across my stomach, while Dakota laid on the floor by himself in front of us. It wasn't long until all three of them had dozed off into a sleep. Not wanting to move and wake them up, I figured I should drift off into sleep as well. I heard a sudden noise that broke me out of my sleep. My mom instincts kicked in, remembering that the kids were with me. I quickly jumped up to see who was in the room, ready to attack if it was an intruder. The lights were still dim in the basement, as the television were the only light to illuminate the space. It took a moment for my eyes to adjust, but soon I heard Dennis' hushed voice. Sorry, we're trying to be quiet. He whispered, tiptoeing down the last stair. After a statement, I was blinded by the overhead lights being turned on. My hands quickly covered my eyes, rubbing them to regulate my sight once again. I then heard the kids simultaneously groan, Dad, behind me as they woke. "'Come on, go up to your rooms. "'I know Cassandra would love to be laying in her bed right now,' he continued. "'He definitely wasn't lying about we wanted to be in my bed at the moment. "'Laying on the couch left a kink in my neck that I couldn't help but to absentmindedly try to massage out. "'Once the kids retreated up the stairs, I noticed a male, averaging about the same age as me, walk out of the spare bedroom adjacent to the couch. "'He had long, dark, slicked-back hair. "'He was wearing a T-shirt that showed off his toned, veiny arms, paired with black skinny jeans.' I'd be lying if I said he wasn't attractive. In fact, he was almost unreal. His face was perfectly chiseled while his body looked like it was carved by angels. I could only help but stare at every little feature on him. It was almost as if he'd been walked, walked out of a movie. Next thing I know, my eyes traced back up to his face, but he's staring right back at me. I felt my heartbeat rise as a genuine smile like that could light up the whole room pulled across his lips. I was guessing this is one of Dennis's teammates, as if the Islander shirt didn't give that away, but it definitely wasn't one that would be invited over to the house previously, as I'd never seen him before, so I figured it was a rookie, and Dennis invited him over for dinner. Cassandra, so sorry, I probably should have introduced the two of you. Dennis began as he returned from bringing the kids back upstairs. I hadn't noticed earlier, but I was staring at the boys in silence for an uncomfortable amount of time, causing heat to immediately flood my cheeks in embarrassment, figuring there's no way he didn't notice my lengthy admiration. This is Matthew. Matthew, this is Cassandra, he introduced. Matt was quick to hold his hand out to me, stepping closer. Hey, it's nice to meet you, he stated with a distinct Canadian accent. I took his hand into mine, and we shook lightly as I silently prayed he wouldn't notice how sweaty my palm was. Same to you, I responded, not nearly as confident as I pleased. In fact, I'm pretty sure I sound like a shy third grader introducing themselves to the whole class on the first day of school. Matt is a rookie this year, so Rebecca and I decided it would be smart to have him stay here for the first season, just so you don't get confused when you see him walking around, Dennis explained. As he finished, I'm pretty sure all the color of my skin sank just as like the thermometers do when the temperatures drop. The thought of having this painfully attractive boy around the house excited me in all the wrong ways. The last thing I needed was a distraction. However, he would be gone on road trips at the same time as Dennis, so hopefully I wouldn't have to see him that often, even though I'd hate to admit that I really wanted to. Welcome, was all I could say, as I was still in shock from the whole situation. I attempted to sound as enthusiastic as possible. Matt sent me a sympathetic smirk, almost as if he felt bad for being here, even though it wasn't even in my house, making me feel self-conscious of possibly sending him the wrong vibes. "'Well, Matt, I'm going to go grab your other suitcase. "'Make yourself feel at home,' Dennis offered "'before making his way up the stairs. "'Internally, I began screaming for him to come back, "'not wanting to be left alone with the boy "'whose bones I was ready to jump at any given moment. "'Does your neck hurt?' he questioned. "'My gaze shifted from the stairwell to Matt, "'who stood only about a foot away from me, "'my head cocked to the side in confusion "'while my face muscles tightened, "'wondering how in the world he knew "'that kink had formed to my neck. "'How do you?' I began to ask "'before Matt cut me off again. "'You've been rubbing it since you stood up,' he answered, "'pointing to his own neck to intimate my movements.' He spoke low and cleared his throat, making me feel slightly better about the situation, seeing he seemed to just be just as awkward as I was in the moment. Yeah, I slept wrong on that couch, and I nodded my neck, I responded, while rolling my eyes, annoyed with the pain. Want me to try to rub it out? Matt proposed. A moment of silence fell over the room. My mind immediately responded with, boy, you could rub whatever you want. But obviously that wasn't reasonable. I tried to stay calm as my heart began to race even faster to the point I could even hear it. Can you please? I replied. My mind began to contemplate if it was a good enough response or not. Matt then moved behind me, his fingertips, oh so gently, braced themselves on my right shoulder, his thumbs then making small circles into my skin, causing goosebumps to rise. I hope he didn't notice, but taking the deep chuckle I just heard behind me, he noticed and is flattered. The pressure from his thumbs found the perfect spot on my neck, kneading it away as my facial expression tightened in pain, knowing that it has to hurt before the muscles will relax. Am I getting it? Matthew questioned. He knew the answer. He could tell by my face, the goosebumps and the way my shoulder was slowly moving farther away from him. He knew I was enjoying it, so he was instigating yes i groaned my teeth grinding together his features still continue features still continuing to tense however he slowly and gently removed his fingers and i felt total relief over my neck and shoulders i circled my arm around a couple times to ensure the pain was gone and behold matt had magical hands thank you a lot it feels so much better i spoke relieved turning to matt who was not standing much now standing much closer than i anticipated no problem Any time. he whispered due to the small amount of space separating us his statement was followed by a wink that was powerful enough to blow me off my feet, but to maintain my authority, I plastered a smirk on my face and winked back. Have a good night, I said, before confidently turning around to walk up the stairs, proud of myself for appearing unfazed in the moment of sweaty mess I was on the inside. Oh, I will. Good night, Matt responded. Thankfully, I was facing the opposite direction, where you could see my eyes roll through my head from his sly comment. Once reaching my bedroom in the upper level, I laid in my bed staring at the ceiling fan. I knew it would be unprofessional and, and a risk for my job if I were thought about attempting anything with Matt. But at the same time, it was almost impossible to resist. Who knows, though? He might not even be interested at all. And I'm wasting my time thinking about him for nothing. Yet, it's also so hard to get him off my mind. The Kentucky Thoroughblades did their part in excerpts two straight playoff losses and sent the Hershey Bears home for the first time in playoff history. It was great to get by Hershey. Uh, they would be, they'd beat uh, Thoroughblades a couple of years. Uh, in a row, so it's great to get by them. And now uh, to be up 2-1 against Philly, who are a great team. is just uh, just We couldn't ask for more right now. And that new set of ghosts now stand in the Blades' way of making it into the Final Four. The Philadelphia Phantoms are the defending champs. The Cup is theirs to lose, and the Blades believe they could be the ones to take it from them. You know, we've just got to take it five minutes at a time and a period at a time and uh, and not get too far ahead of ourselves. And Heck, I mean, that's a good hockey club over there. I was just watching the tape this morning, and heck, they outchanced us. You know, if it wasn't for good goaltending, it might have been another situation. Yeah, a couple of big stories down here. You know, John Nabokov has been on fire between the pipes. He has been the big story. Another one, though, is the fans. We're trying to get more fans down here. The fan support has not been the greatest in this playoff series, but we know it's going to be different tonight. We're having a, what's called a whiteout. We want to bring someone in here. You've got to see this guy. He is unbelievable. He's got his white T-shirt on. And what is the deal with these eyeballs? Uh, it's uh, just part of the costume. Bud-Eyes patrol. Are the children afraid of you? Uh, some of them, yeah. <laughs> what's the deal with the white shirt? Tell us what's uh, going on with the white shirt. going on tonight. Uh, they just put it on me just a little while ago, so I'm not exactly sure. Haven't been filled in quite yet. Well, try not to scare anyone. Get up there and get the crowd fired up, all right? So that's the deal, Ryan. Everyone who needs to come down, put on the white shirt. If you don't have one that you like, you can buy them at the door, those shirts you just saw there, and stay away from that guy. I don't know what his deal is. Put some skates on that guy and get him out there. He can handle them. Uh, Thanks, true. Krista. Each week on the dismal tide hockey supplement we're going to try to remind you of a now defunct hockey team uh you know not any of the big ones we everyone knows about the whalers everyone knows about the nordiques the jets are back so we don't have to worry about it but there are plenty of minor league teams that are gone there are minor league teams that move every 2 years all over the country and what better place to start with any of these than the the great Kentucky Thoroughblades. They only had five years in the American Hockey League, 1996 to 2001. They played in Rupp Arena, which is the home of Kentucky basketball, who were, you know, substantially more popular. Of course, they are, uh, you know, the premier college basketball program in America, or one of the top couple anyway. Did they sell out the arena the way that the basketball team did? Not quite. They had... They had decent attendance the first two years. The first two years, the Thoroughblades, you know, they got about 7,600, 7,800 the second year of the 10,000 that Rupp Arena can fit for a hockey game. But then it dropped 6,100, 5,500 in the last year. 4461, and of course you'll remember some famous or notable, at the very least, Thoroughblades players: Zdeno Chara. One of his second season in North America was there. Of Evgeny Nabokov, Johan Hedberg, Mark Smith, Dan Boyle. They've become the San Jose Barracuda. Not Barracudas, but just Barracuda. And uh, back January 22nd of what is currently this year, 2019, uh, the San Jose Barracuda had Kentucky Thoroughblades Day, where they wore the old throwback Thoroughblades shirt. Now, what is most important about the Thoroughblades? Is the completely unbelievable name that someone a hundred percent suggested as a joke and i would really love to hear an oral history on the thoroughblades because someone probably said i don't know kentucky horses and someone said that's not quite good enough we can't just say horses. it has to be more specific Kentucky Thoroughbreds. Wait. Thoroughblades. Now, the name would be one thing, but the logo is something else entirely. The logo is a pyramid. Inside the pyramid, the words Kentucky Thoroughblades. Thoroughblades runs across the bottom of the pyramid. In it, we have a horseman. Very much in the BoJack style. He is ripped. The horse is absolutely jacked. He's yulked. He could take anybody Men want to be him. Women want to be with him. This horse is hot. Six-pack, huge chest, big arms. He's got purple and green hockey gloves on. Of course he does. He has his tail coming out the back of the of the pants, flowing, luscious, gorgeous, powerful thighs, obviously. if Look, if you're a horse and you don't have powerful thighs, forget it. You can... F- Forget it. Mane. Beautiful. Goes without saying. Of course the mane is beautiful. Did they style it in a mullet to like really gild the lily here? No. They didn't want to be so over the top. But he does have an incredible flowing mane. And he's making a face like it. he's like a kind of a smirk. He's a cool guy. He's a thorough blade. He got... look he knows he's getting by you and you're not getting past him thoroughblade i'm going to go ahead and say that uh he could play anywhere across the the front of the, any of the forward positions and 100% a selkie candidate cuz he can do it all this is a two-way horse Tragically, nobody cared enough about the Thoroughblades. And they have been all but forgotten by history. Except for, of course, when San Jose did their one night where they honored them. Will they ever come back? Well, there is a Facebook group demanding that they do. uh, Although it uh, currently only has about 2,700 people. Which is only about a quarter of the amount of people that would even... Be required to fill the stadium once. So the chances are slim. Especially since. Uh, whoever owns the current San Jose. Team probably has the rights to the name Thoroughblades. But we hope to see them back someday. Because you know what. You can't. You can't really do better than this. The Thoroughblades are important. The Thoroughblades are what America needs to heal. It's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Everything is fucked. Everybody sucks. You don't really know why, but you want to justify ripping someone's head off. No human contact. And if you went your life is on contract. Your best bet is to stay away, motherfucker. It's just one of those days. It's all about the he says, she says and that has been episode three of the hockey podcast. It's a little different now, it's less information dense. But you also might think... I don't know if that's entirely fair. Uh, half the show was you reading out someone else's fan fiction. Posing no risk to yourself. Just laughing at others. Is that is that the whole show? That you don't need to make anything up of your own. And you can just make fun of other people? Well, no. Because I've gone ahead. And I've written my own... not Not fanfic or erotic fiction... But I did, I've written a poem to the Kentucky Thoroughblades mascot. And I'm not sure of his name, but you know what? That only makes him more mysterious to me. And I would like to read the poem now. It's called For Mascot Forever Ago. Kentucky Thoroughblade, we love to hear your name. Like Connor McDavid on skates, like American Pharaoh in the Preakness Stakes. Kentucky Thoroughblade, you inspire us to win the game. You could beat up Ty Domi in his prime. You're so hot. You're such a dime. Kentucky Thoroughblade, you'd never bring Kentucky shame. Slapshot strong enough to bring down those towers. Time on ice. One hour. Kentucky Thoroughblade, you deserve so much more fame. Hockey is screaming out for us. This sort of horse. We love you. Of course. All right, bye.